like to take this opportunity to welcome aboard the Portland Trailblazers on Flight 163. What's going on, Rip City? This is Nurkic Fever and all things look at the Portland Trailblazers. I am your host, Chad Doing. The podcast drops every Tuesday and Friday. I appreciate your time. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeartRadio app. Boy, we got a lot of things to get to today. And I feel pretty darn good today. The loss to Brooklyn on Friday night was devastating, absolutely brutal, and there was some fallout from that loss. But after the win over the Nuggets last night, the Blazers looked good. Probably their most complete game of the season. Feeling pretty good. They're now 7-6. and six. Orlando coming to town on Wednesday. And then you finish up this extended homestand with a home-at-home home on Friday and Saturday against the Sacramento Kings. It's a chance for the Blazers to string together some wins if they can find consistency and then put themselves in a good position as they get ready for that first extended road trip of the year. We'll get to the Nuggets win in just a moment, but we have to go back to Friday night and the 101-97 home loss to the Brooklyn Nets. That loss, in my mind, is one of the lowest of the lows, one of the worst losses I've seen the Blazers have in the last couple of years. You can't lose home games to the Brooklyn Nets. You can't allow a team to come in and dictate how the game's going to be played when they're the lesser opponent, which the Nets are one of the worst franchises in the NBA. And overall, a bad night for the coach. And I thought the players should be, should be ashamed of that effort. The energy wasn't there. The focus wasn't there. They didn't execute on either end of the floor. And then, of course, there was controversy. Yusuf Nurkic, who had 21 points and five rebounds in basically three quarters of work, he sat on the bench in the fourth quarter playing just 53 seconds in the final quarter. And he was the one option on offense that had it going all night. The Nets didn't have a, an answer. They couldn't stop him. They didn't have a big who could match up. He really got his position and was very aggressive on the offensive end. But they went small. And Terry Stotts, after that game, said, I set Yusuf Nurkic because when they went small, I felt like Ed Davis gave us a better chance to win with his athleticism. Well, it backfired on him because the Nets were able to come back. They got the win, and it was Ed Davis who fouled D'Angelo Russell late in that game on an and one. And then because Yusuf wasn't in there, the Blazers couldn't secure the rebound on a missed free throw, and that sealed the game. It was over. Now, the big fear after the game was the frustration. Nurk didn't talk to the reporters. He went and got treatment on his back, and you had to wonder, are we getting ready to see what we had in Denver with Nurkic right here in Portland after that frustrating loss to the Nets? Well, Yusuf Nurkic, after the game, talked about being on the bench during that fourth quarter. I respect Cole's decision. And uh, to be honest, I never have a better coach than, than, than Scott. So there was no anything wrong. Basically, obviously, I was in the treatment room. Uh, but I, usually I need to do a better job with you guys and uh, wait no matter what. So... It was my back was hurting, so I was going to the treatment room. And uh, I know all, always going to be something. And uh, this stuff is way overrated and uh, overlooked. And there is nothing wrong. And just another game. We, we didn't finish and uh, didn't play how we want to play. So there is nothing wrong. Well, I tell you what, hearing that from Nurk after the uh, loss to the Nets, after that situation where he was on the bench over the weekend before the Denver game, that put me um, a little bit at ease because I was concerned that there was something brewing underneath the surface. Maybe there is, but it sure didn't sound like it from Nurkic. He also went on to say that, hey, 
Terry Stotts is my guy. We actually have a very good relationship. I have the best communication ever with the coach. I mean, there's nothing wrong. We always talk, and um, that's his decision, and I respect that, you know. Everybody want to be out there, like I do, but there's nothing wrong. You know, I'm still cheering my teammate and supporting him. Well, it's always nice when you hear your, one of your star players talk about the head coach like that. And I would say that's probably one of the things I appreciate about head coach Terry Stotts. He has a very good relationship with his players. He's known as a players-type coach, and he does a great job of communicating. And Terry Stotts on Yusuf Nurkic said, hey, he just wants to win. Nurk wants to play well, but he wants us to win. When I talk to him, he's more upset with, that we lost the game than about, about him not playing in the fourth quarter. And we're at a stage, we've lost two in a row, and uh, I think just winning the game is the most important thing for everybody. All right, so you heard from both sides, Yusuf Nurkic and head coach Terry Stotts. It sounds good, and based on the way they played against Denver, um, I feel a lot better about the situation now. But I want to say this, and this is in regards to head coach Terry Stotts. You know, I think coaches sometimes, they can outthink themselves. I think sometimes they get too cute with their rotations. And let's face it, just like players can have a bad night or an off night or put up a clunker, so can coaches. It's not like they're immune to it. And I think Terry Stotts just had a bad night. If I had to guess, he would go back and do it differently if he could. And what I mean by that is this. He chose to take Nurkic out of the game. I went back and looked at the film. BlazersEdge.com did a great job of breaking down all of Yusuf's possessions on offense and on defense. There is no question he made some mistakes, especially in the third quarter when the Nets went on that 22-2 run where he didn't play good defense. He was out of position, the lack of communication. He made some mistakes. But overall, he had a pretty darn good night. But here's my point about Stotts. You go with Ed Davis because the Nets go small. My problem with that is, number one, when you have a team like the Nets that come into your house and they're one of the worst teams in the NBA, you do not let them dictate how the game's going to be played. You make them adjust to you. What he should have done is kept Yusuf in the game or take him out at the beginning of the fourth so he gets his normal rest, put him back in, and allow him to go to work on the offensive end. Even if he's not great defensively or he's having an off night on the defensive end, you continue to go to him down low. And he's going to continue to score at will because the Nets had no answer. And if he keeps getting easy buckets, at some point, the Nets are going to have to adjust and go big. You make them adjust to you. You dictate how the game's going to be played. You don't let the Nets come into your building and dictate how the game's going to be played with a small lineup and then keep Ed Davis out there on the floor. Um, you know, Yusuf Nurkic is one of their best options on offense. He is their best low post scorer. And when you've got Ed Davis out there on the floor, for a team that's struggling on offense and having a hard time finding easy buckets, you put yourself at a major disadvantage. I think Stotts mishandled the situation. I think he would do it differently if he had a chance. But I'm very happy to hear not only Coach, but more importantly, Yusuf Nurkic, you know, walk away from that situation saying, hey, it's okay. I respect the coach. We have a good relationship. And then you hear the coach say, Yusuf just wants to win. At the end of the day, that's all I care about. Guys want to win. Of course they want to play. But I heard the right things, and based on what we saw from Denver, I have um, a pretty good sense that this team's going to be okay moving forward. And at the end of the day, Yusuf is in a contract year. He can't derail. He's got to be focused, and he needs to play well. And for Terry Stotts and the Blazers, they know this. They're not going to be the team that they want to be unless Yusuf is engaged, unless he's focused, and, and playing well. They need him to do that. And, and one other thing, too. It's kind of funny that Terry Stotts would make an example of Nurkic for his defensive play. Um, 
uh, on a team that, that is not known for great defenders. Why not Damon CJ? You could bench them in the fourth on several occasions for their poor defense. You, you can't make an example out of one guy when you have a team that's littered with uh, poor defenders, although they've been better and more active defensively through 13 games this season. All right, good. We can put the Nets situation to rest, and thank goodness that was an awful game, awful performance. I would prefer never to think about that again. Now, the game last night against Denver, uh, it was terrific. The execution was there. I thought their urgency was there, and it showed throughout the entire game. Early on, the player movement and ball movement was sensational. Guys were active. Guys were making the next pass, and there were a lot of easy looks, which resulted in a, a great shooting percentage. The Blazers shot over 56% in the first half, and they, they, they shot over 50% for the game. My only issue really in the entire game, the turnovers, 22 of them, and they allowed the Nuggets to make a, a good run at the end of the second quarter, a 17-8 to eight run to cut the lead uh, to just five points after the Blazers had gone up by 14 in the second quarter. But they responded. They came out in the third, probably the best quarter of the season so far, outscored the Nuggets 30-17, to 17, pushed the lead to 18, and the game was over. Good defense, very good execution on offense, and then you got 42 points from the bench. It was just a very balanced win for the Blazers. Probably from top down, their best effort of the year. And I, I was impressed. But here's the problem. They're 7-6. and six. They're known as a team that's very inconsistent. What are we going to see on Wednesday against Orlando? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think you know the answer to that question. But that's what it's all about. I'm not worried about the Denver game. It was great. What are you going to do against the Magic when they come to town on Wednesday? Are you going to show up? Is it going to be the team that we saw on Friday against the Nets that falters and lacks urgency? Or are we going to see the, the Blazers put back-to-back -back great efforts up and they dominate the Magic? You have to take advantage of these games at home. You cannot play down to your competition. And this team, being young the way they are, you have to play with urgency or you're going to get beat. One other thing, Caleb Swanigan got the start last night in place of Noah Vonley. Of course, Alfred Camino is still out. Well, after the game, Terry Stott said he made the move just because he was looking to change things up a little bit and provide a spark in that lineup. Uh, Swanigan played well, six points, five rebounds, got into foul trouble in the second half. But when he was on the floor in the first half, I thought he made a positive contribution. But for all you uh, Biggie fans out there, here's the good news. It sounds like, based on what Terry Stott said, that we're going to see him in the starting lineup again. Expect Biggie to start tomorrow night against the Magic. And then moving forward, if he continues to play well and this team continues to win games, you know how Terry Stotts works. Very superstitious. I wouldn't anticipate him making a change. I want to leave you with this today. Damian Lillard over the weekend, and the Blazers have been involved in a number of close games this year, but the problem is they haven't been able to win them. Failure to execute late game situations uh, in the final two minutes. And it's a problem, and this team looks like they're going to play in a ton of close games this year. So the key is, how do you improve in those spots? Take a listen to what Dame had to say about his group and his mindset when it comes to getting better in the clutch. Is there any one or two things that you guys need to do to close out these, these tight games? We have games where we'll have a good start to the game. We'll have a good first quarter and a bad second quarter. Or we'll have a okay first quarter and an okay second quarter. But I think we just got to do a better job of when we get up 10, it can't go from 10 to down 2. You know, it should go from 
10 to 12 to 8 to 11 to 10 to and I think you you lose leads by not being able to sustain that focus and to stay sharp you know I think we relax a lot of times when we go on the run we allow teams to to get it back and you know when you do that you put yourself in a dog fight and you know in, in those dog fight situations we haven't we haven't come up big a lot of times you know it's a turnover here turnover there give up an offensive rebound miscommunication on defense it's, it seems like you know, when it comes down to those situations, we've it's always been us not making enough plays or making a mistake and the other team is capitalizing instead of us being the one making the other team pay. So something we, we should uh, be trying to do is prevent being in that situation when we had the opportunity to, which we've had. But another thing is just maintain our focus. You know, when we get to those situations in our minds and in our hearts, it has to be... This has to be our sharpest time of the game. You know, not the time where we just like, all right, I hope they miss, or I, I hope we make this shot. It has to be like, all right, this is what we do. Screen, pass here, penetrate, kick, get a good look. Come down, it's got to be our best defensive possession. And we just haven't had that mentality. Why do you think that's bad? Why have you guys relaxed? Is it human nature? Or I think it's human nature, and it's hard, to, it's hard to be consistent. It's hard to constantly be focused, and that's why you have teams like the Spurs who win 50 games every year because – they're able to do it over long periods of time, and it doesn't go away. Um, and it's also why a lot of teams can't be great because it's, it's not easy to do it all the time. And I, I think that's what we're working towards. And we all got to have that mentality, but it's it's something that that comes in time. And you also got to go through. You got to go through this stuff. You know, I know we we had these situations the, the previous two seasons, but we know that we're a different team this year. And just because it's it's not going our way early, and we've had some mistakes, and we haven't played great offensively, we just got to stay with it. You know, we're in a good position for the amount of close games we've lost. We could very very easily be 10 and 2. All right, credit Dame. He always says the right things. He's very constant and steady in that locker room, uh, always doing the best he can to provide good leadership. I love everything that he said. Clearly, he is aware, and the team has addressed their problems in late-game situations. But the only downside of that is how many times have we heard Dame talk about those types of problems over the last couple of years? The key now moving forward for this team is to duplicate the type of success we saw against Denver as they continue to move forward. This team lacks an identity, and they're still searching for consistency. And this team's got to continue to grind. They've got to play with urgency. They've got to fight, scratch, and claw to do whatever they can to get on the same page so we can see a more consistent effort. When they play with urgency and you get a number of different guys involved, we see what they're capable of. They held Denver to 82 points and crushed them last night. But we need to see that on a regular basis. More consistency from this group as they continue to move forward this season. The good news is they're playing better defensively. They're rebounding the heck out of the basketball. And once the offense starts to pick things up like we saw last night, they should be in a good spot. But the key is consistency. Being consistent. Can you do it? You! All right, there you go. Another edition of Nurkic Fever. I am your host, Chad Doing. You can catch me weekdays on Rip City Radio 620 from 3 to 6 on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. And, of course, before and after every Trailblazers game with Trailblazers warm-up two hours before tip and following the game with the fifth quarter as I take your calls and we share our thoughts on what goes down with the Blazers. The podcast drops every Tuesday and Friday. Be here, be nowhere. And remember, show me your Blazer.